welcome to Pursuit Church Podcast, where we give those far from God the opportunity to pursue Christ. We are so glad you are here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe God has a word for you through today's message. Before you're seated, I want to read from the book of Isaiah, chapter 26, verses 3 through 4. This Wednesday is going to be our first Wednesday of the month, so 7 o'clock we'll have some praise and worship and some prayer and some pizza so you can come and have a good time. 7 o'clock we'll all be here having a good time. I was just telling Paul and Stephen how I like this time of the year because you can leave your bottle of water in your car and you wake up the next morning, go for a drive in your car or your drink is nice, cold, and, and crispy. Or not crispy, maybe, but it's cold. It's perfect. The last few months, every time I try to get a bottle out of my car, it's burning up, but this morning it was nice and cold. Isaiah chapter 26, starting with verse 3, it says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee, Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. This morning, I simply want to speak on the subject of peace. You may be seated this morning. In Fox's Book of Martyrs, a famous book on many of the early Christians who were martyred for their faith, there was one story of a man in the year 1555, whose name was Dr. Nicholas Ridley. And Dr. Ridley was sentenced to be burned at the stake in England because of his witness for Christ. And on the night before Ridley's execution, his brother offered to remain with him in the prison chamber to be of assistance and to comfort him in his last night. But Dr. Nicholas Ridley declined the offer, saying, I intend, God willing, to go to bed and sleep as peacefully tonight as I ever have. The next day, he was burned at the stake. I find it truly amazing that a person could have peace in such a difficult situation. What causes a man to have such peace? What allows a man to go to sleep at night and sleep better than he ever has in his entire life, knowing that the next day he will be burned alive because of his faith? What lets a man sleep peacefully when he knows he will leave his family behind and never see them again in this world? Surely he knew the peace of God. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14 and 33, he, he says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. He says, God is the author of peace. He is the one who has established true peace in this world. In other words, if our subject is peace today, in which it is, then our source must be God. God can only give us true peace. Now, I know that doesn't sound too profound until you really begin to think about it. The problem with the peace that 
humanity pursues is its source. Many try to seek peace from their own making and they seek peace according to their own definition and they have an image in their mind of what peace is and they tend to seek a version of peace that fits their idea of what it should be. But Paul reminds us that we are not the author of peace. We don't get to say what peace is. In fact, we aren't really capable of even understanding real peace, much less producing it. This is because our notion of peace comes from all of the wrong places. We tend to think that of peace as the absence of chaos and confusion. We tend to think of peace as an escape from trials and troubles. We tend to envision peace as this safe haven where the cares of life cannot get to us. But like most things that the human mind envisions, that is merely just a, a shallow impression of what real peace is. And that's the reason why humanity can never capture real peace. Wealth doesn't produce peace. Positions of power and prestige don't produce peace. Peace doesn't come from our uh, network of friends or earthly connections. Even a quiet solitude of an isolated retreat in some earthly paradise doesn't bring relief to the troubled mind or produce true inner peace. No doubt we've all tried to find peace by trying to escape the trouble and the chaos. You know, sometimes I try to escape by going for a walk or I like to go for a hike where I can forget all of my worries and attempt to just enjoy the beauty of nature. And while I enjoy those times and I enjoy going to some places out in the mountains or in nature, I've discovered that peace, even in those settings, can be a very temporary thing. This is because the only real peace in this world is found in Jesus. For he is the author of peace. And so only in Christ can we find true peace. In our text this morning, the prophet Isaiah declares that the Lord is the source of perfect peace. In other words, if our peace comes from God, who does all things perfect, then our peace will be perfect peace. It's an important principle here. Peace is only as peaceful as its source. If we find our peace in an uncertain and unsatisfying world, then we will only have uncertain and unsatisfying peace. Our peace will waver. Our peace will come and go. We'll have many highs and lows, ups and downs. But when we find our peace in the eternal, never-changing God, then our peace will be the kind of peace that nothing in this world can destroy. Some things about our God, the author of peace. He's ever-present. He's all-knowing, all-wise, ever-merciful. He fears nothing. He's surprised by nothing. 
He's intimidated by nothing. He's shaken by nothing. Nothing in this world can disturb his peace. Nothing in this world can shake his peace. And so if his peace becomes our peace, that peace will be a perfect peace immovable peace, unshakable peace, unwavering peace, unfaltering peace, never failing peace. It's perfect. The author of peace gives perfect peace. In other words, church, there's no trial which it cannot endure. There is no hardship that it cannot withstand. There is no uncertainty that can shake it. No unanticipated obstacle that can derail it. No unforeseen turn of events that can shatter it. For his peace is perfect peace. Perhaps this is why Jesus, when he's about to be separated from the disciples, he tells them, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The peace of Jesus is altogether different than the peace of this world. In fact, Jesus looks at the apostles. He looks at, at the disciples who are about to go through the dark hour of crucifixion. And he tells them, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't you be afraid. The crucifixion had to be the most uncertain season of their lives. Fear would have been normal, but Jesus says my peace is a peace that's not subject to fear or confusion or doubt. Peace I give you, not as the world gives. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So that brings me to my main question today. If everything I said about peace today, the peace of God is true, and we know that it is, then why do so many believers find themselves in situations where they can't find true peace in their lives? Why do Christians go through times in their lives where everything is in turmoil and their spirit is weighed down by a lack of real peace? Why is it that people that know the power of God and have seen firsthand the miracles that God can do, they find themselves burdened down by the trials and the troubles of life? Our scripture gives us two answers. First problem could be our mindset. The prophet implies that we sometimes will allow our attention to be turned away from God. And we become captivated instead by that trial or the trouble. It's the same thing that happened to Peter when he began to walk on the water in the New Testament. Jesus told him to take a step of faith, so he began to leave the boat behind. He begins to take a step of faith, but on the way to Jesus, he somehow loses his focus and instead becomes focused on the winds and the waves and the storm that threatened to overwhelm him. When Jesus called Peter out of the boat, he didn't calm the storm. Instead, it was up to Peter to keep his eyes fixed upon Jesus through the storm, Peter's shortcoming and the reason why Peter began to fail or fall was because he allowed all of the chaos and all of the storm around him to become his source of peace. 
This is why the prophet says, he says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Hebrew word there that's translated as mind really just has to do with the mindset. It's our way of looking at life. It's more than just a a thought process. It's the filter through which we uh, allow all of our thoughts to pass through. It defines how we simply look at life. The wrong mindset alone can disturb our peace. Our mindset can cause us to lose sight of the only source of true peace in our life. And instead of looking towards Jesus, we get our eyes fixed on the chaos and the questions and the impossibilities, and and we lose our peace. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. The Hebrew word there that's translated as stayed means steadfast, unwavering, maintained. What the prophet is saying is that the Lord will keep you in perfect peace if you will maintain a mindset that's focused on him. This is what causes Peter to begin to sing. His mindset changes. When he started out, he was focused on Christ. Oh, sure, the winds were blowing, the waves were there, but his mindset was defined by the fact that Jesus can do anything. And Jesus was right there with him. And as long as his mindset was like that, he was okay. He was full of faith. But something happened in the course of his journey. Perhaps, church, it was this loud burst of thunder. Maybe it was a close strike of lightning. Maybe a wave that looked like it was about to overtake him. Whatever it was, he began to let his mind uh, mind shift until his situation was defined by the chaos around him. Before, it had been defined by Jesus. His confidence, his faith was in Jesus. Everything he looked at and everything he saw was filtered through the fact that he knew Jesus could do anything. He just knew that Jesus would not fail him. But over time, his situation began to be defined by how bad the storm was. And he began to look around and think, oh, the clouds are getting darker. The lightning's getting closer. The thunder's getting louder. And as he begins to see things get worse and worse and worse, he loses his peace. Only Jesus can create perfect peace in your mind and in your spirit while raging through the storm, while you're raging through the trial and and, and the turmoil in life. And this is what Peter discovered when his mind drifted from Jesus when his mind, when his focus shifted to other things, the peace that had used to sustain him would begin to pass away. Thankfully, that's not the end of the story. He cries out to Jesus, and we know Jesus is faithful to hear his cry, and Jesus reaches for Peter, and he catches him by his hand, and immediately his focus shifts back to where it was supposed to be, back to Jesus. Today, if you're struggling to find peace in your life, you need to pray for God to baptize your mind with a fresh understanding of his power and his mind. The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You need a new revelation of the power of God. What is a storm compared to him? What is a big mountain? Compared to my God, what is my sickness? 
Your situation may be bigger than you, but what is it compared to God? As Peter is sinking beneath the waves, he comes to the startling revelation that these waves and this storm and this thunder and this lightning is nothing compared to Jesus. Who am I to lose my peace? Who am I to fear? Who am I to worry when I've got Jesus? I've got the peace of God in my life. The things of this world are overwhelming you. If the chaos around you is robbing you of your peace, you need to turn your eyes and turn your mind back to Jesus. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. The second thing is trust. When chaos and trouble robs us of our peace, usually because somehow we've begun to lose our trust in God. And sometimes the people of God, sometimes the church just needs to be reminded he holds us in the palm of his hand. There is perfect peace in knowing that he watches over us. He provides for us. He cares for us. And nothing in this world can separate us from him. You can trust him, church, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, no matter what's going on around you, you can trust him. The basic cause of a lack of peace in the life of a believer is simply a lack of trust in God. Once again, this is something we can control. We can't control the storm. We don't have the power alone to move mountains, but this one thing we can do we can trust with all of our heart, trust. Trust in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength, strength that will bring you through anything, strength that never runs out. And by trusting in him, we find complete peace, perfect peace. And I was putting this message together this week. I kept thinking about what heaven will be like and the peace that will be there. When we get to heaven, there will be perfect peace 100% of the time. Nothing will ever threaten our peace. Never will our peace become obstructed. Never will our peace be disturbed. Never will we worry. Never will we fear. Never will we stress. It'll be one of the greatest things about heaven. No war, no fighting, no bickering, no sickness, no pain, and yet we will live and move and will work for the kingdom of God. And, and church, if you think this life is important and, and your life is important here, just wait till you get to heaven. Things are, are much more important in heaven. Everything we'll do will be important and we'll be busy and we'll always have things to do, yet never without strength and never without motivation and never without purpose. Why? Because perfect peace no more tribulations and no more trials and no more temptations and no more negative reports from the doctor and no more bad phone calls and no more bad news and no more death and dying. It'll be a place of perfect peace. No frustration, no annoyances, no problems. Perfect peace. And many people think, you know, well, heaven seems kind of boring. What could we 
possibly be doing all of that time in heaven. But just because heaven will be a place of peace and rest does not mean that it will be boring, but we'll be busy. It'll be busy. We'll always have things to do, but we'll always have strength and we'll never get tired and we'll never be depressed and we'll never have bad days and no more will we have ups and downs and highs and lows, but instead, continual peace. Heaven will be a place of perfect peace. And when Jesus told the disciples that he was leaving them in the New Testament, he said, don't worry. I'm sending down the comforter and he's going to give you peace here and comfort and joy and strength. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm going to send down something heavenly. I'm going to send down a piece of heaven. I'm going to send down my spirit and he's going to comfort you and he's going to give you peace and he's going to encourage you and give you joy. You ask, then why do I still always have to fight for my peace every day? Because we still live in the flesh. The Bible says our adversary, the devil, constantly prowls around looking for someone he can devour and, and discourage. We live in a spiritual war zone. It's a fight right now. Every day it's a fight. But Jesus said, my spirit I've sent down. I've sent down my Holy Spirit. And peace will it give you. And joy will it give you. And strength will it give you. And where others are giving themselves to drugs and alcohol. And others are giving themselves to wealth and power. And others are committing suicide and living in a life of darkness because of the lack of hope in their life. You've got hope and you've got peace and you've got joy because my spirit has comforted you. Church, this morning I've spoken on how to find peace, but I believe more effective and much more important than just a how-to message is a touch from the Holy Spirit. I can preach all day long, but I can't do for you what God can do for you. I can't help you like God can help you, and I can't give you peace like God can. Perhaps you're here today and you've allowed anxiety and stress and fear to get the best of you. Perhaps you've lost some sleep over some circumstances and situations. Your mind is dominated by worry and doubt and fear. You just can't find peace. What you need today is a touch from God. You need a visit from the comforter. And when the winds and waves were about to overwhelm Peter, Jesus reached out to him and one touch from the master is all that it took to reestablish his faith in God. One touch from God, one moment with the master, one visit from the comforter and Peter was back in perfect peace. Oh, the storm continued to rage. The rains continued to fall, but Peter found perfect peace. Church, that's what needs to happen this morning. Jesus is reaching for somebody in their mind and their heart and their spirit. And he says, if I can just touch them one time this morning, if they'll just let me in their life and their mind and their heart, they can see what this real peace is. They can feel the joy of my spirit. They'll feel the strength of my presence. One touch. Let's stand this morning.
How does a man like Dr. Nicholas Ridley, knowing the next day he may become a martyr for his faith, spends his last night in peace in a prison chamber? I believe he had to have gone to the Lord in prayer that night and he asked the Lord for forgiveness like he usually did, making sure that he was right in the sight of God. And then came his concern, his impossibility. That which was threatening his peace, that which what seemed impossible. And he brought it to God in prayer. And he said, Lord, I don't know what to do with this except give it to you. I am surrendering that which I can't control. I am surrendering that which has been threatening my peace. I am trusting you, oh God. And then after surrendering his impossibility, came praise and worship and thanksgiving. Probably similar to what the prisoners heard when Paul and Silas were singing in their prison cell around midnight when they were arrested and beaten and put into prison. Began to sing praises. Began to worship Jesus until there wasn't even the least amount of worry or fear in his spirit, until he had not felt even the least bit of anxiety anymore, he ended his night in perfect peace, praising the one whom his future, his, his future was in his hands, praising the one whom he trusted, praising the one whom he knew was faithful. Perfect peace. I can't control it, but what I can do is trust God. What is it that you need to surrender to God today? What is it that you need to trust God for? What's been threatening your peace? This morning, I simply invite you to surrender it to God. That which you can't do anything about, that which has been threatening your peace, that which has been overwhelming you, I invite you to lift up your hands and say, God, I don't know what to do with this except give it to you. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. For more information about Pursuit, visit PursuitChurchAR.com. Thank you for listening and see you.